we welcome into the program from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, Matt Stepp. Matt, good afternoon. How are you? How's it going, guys? How are y'all? Doing great. Appreciate your time today. Hey, Matt, let's start by, by I guess, first congratulating Texas high school football and the UIL. We, we got to the finish line. We had to make some adjustments with 5A and 6A, but man alive, for, for this thing to, to happen and to get to the finish line, that's, that's really, uh, really remarkable. Yeah, I mean, there were, some, there were some days, you know, this summer and even in the fall when we got started where I, I wasn't sure that we w- would get to this point. And, you know, really it's, it's a testament to the coaches, the UIL, the, the kids themselves and the families for, for doing what they can to stay healthy, follow the protocols as best they can. Definitely there were some bumps in the road, but, you know, it, it, it worked out in the end. And it's a testament to everyone. And I'm super, super happy, that, especially for the seniors that got to, for the most part, have a, a, a full season. It may not have been quite normal, but it was a, a full season. And looking into the games as we get started tomorrow, I know all eyes are more than likely going to be on this matchup between Carroll and Westlake, but the one I'm really intrigued about is Denton Ryan and Cedar Park. How do you see Cedar Park's offensive line matching up against that that Ryan defense that's so dominant? That, that's the million-dollar question because because that, that's the key. You know, Cedar Park in the past, they, you know, they've won a couple of state championships, played – in three state title games, and all of those teams were really known as a defense first team. Uh, the Black Rain defense, and, and you know, with Joe Willis at head coach, now Carl Abstek taking over, uh, you know, winning a couple of state titles. Um, this, this is a program that's been, been dominated by defense. And now, this year, with Ryder Hernandez at quarterback and a, and a quartet of really good receivers, they're, they're an offense first team. So it's going to be really key for their offensive line uh, to be able to hold up, give Hernandez time to uh, look downfield and make plays. I, I think you can make plays against the Ryan secondary if you can, if you can protect. And that, that's a real big question when you got Bear Alexander and, and Jatavian Sanders and Ty Marsh and DJ Arkansas uh, in that front seven. I mean, this Denton Ryan defense has probably seven or eight Division One guys on it. It's a, it's a very, very talented crew. Let's let's talk about Westlake and Southlake here. I, I think most people thought that it would uh, it would be Westlake in in Duncanville, and that just didn't materialize. You know, I think most people. You know, I, I I was at the Westlake North Shore game, and I and I feel like uh, uh, it, we all had North Shore and Duncanville around three. But then you think about it, and it's it's so hard. The six A Division One playoffs are such a grind that it, it's really it's it's hard to imagine. The odds of two teams playing three years in a row is pretty astronomical. And and, and I I thought there was a chance that one of those teams could get upset. You know, having both of them get upset mm-hmm. uh, was a real real surprise because I, I was at the Westlake North Shore game in Katy on Saturday, and you know and you look at the stat line. North Shore dominated the stat line. They outgained Westlake. Uh, you know, 400 yards to 240, and but the difference was they turned the ball over three times, and Westlake cap was able to capitalize, and 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 that's been kind of their mo in the playoffs the last couple of years is their defense has really come to play, and and their front seven is really really good. Um, they got after Demetrius Davis a lot, and and I'm gonna be really interested to see, you know, after the Southlake Carroll offense uh, held off a great Duncanville front seven, now they have to have another test this week. Uh, with that Westlake defensive front, which is really, really outstanding. It, it, you know, it's it, we all know what it's about. It's you know, it's the father, it's the son. So there's a lot of there's a lot of off the field things that are going to go into this football game this week. How do how do and I know you know both guys. How do they handle this? Particularly dad. I I, I think for me <laughs> being a dad, I think this would be a little more taxing on him and maybe even mom for that matter than it is on, on Riley. Yeah, it's definitely taxing on mom more than anyone because 
you know, she's she's I think she's wearing a South Lake hat and a West Lake shirt and has has a pin that she's wearing. So she's she's going to have some split loyalties for sure. And, and it's it's tough on that. I know Coach Dodge, uh, Coach Todd Dodge, is extremely proud of, of Riley Riley Dodge and the things that he's done. And um, you know, but he's a competitor too, and 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 he's got you know he wants to win that game, no doubt about it. And there's going to be some. Uh, after it's all said and done at the, at the dinner table when they get together for holidays, you know, you know there'll be some trash talk and some things like that. So um, it's definitely harder on dad for sure because, you know, he's, you, you can tell when anytime he's around Riley, he, he loves his son a lot and he, he's very proud of him. But, you know, you got to put that aside for a few hours on, on Saturday and try to get the win. But you're right. I mean, these two teams, there's a lot of crossover between these programs. A lot of the coaches from down to the assistants know each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's, there's brother-in-laws versus brother-in-law on the staff. Um, they, they run the same system, so I think they're going to have to change their signals. They're going to have to change a lot, some of their some of their uh, line calls and line of scrimmage because they, they know each other so well. They're going to have to change a lot of things up because it's like looking in the mirror, so to speak. Talking with Matt Steph from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Steph, when you look at this Katy and Cedar Hill game, I know it's not the H-Town versus Dallas matchup we were all expecting to see, but it's two prominent programs back on the big stage. Does Cedar Hill have what it takes to slow down that Katy rushing attack? Yeah, Cedar Hill's de- you know this this is not the Cedar Hill team that that we're used to seeing that that's that's real high flying talent all over all over the field. This is kind of a gritty, grinded out Cedar Hill team, especially with with their defense. Um, they 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 don't have any like big names on on the defense, but they're they're really good in all three levels. They're really fast. They're really physical. They just got a bunch of really good high school football players, and they, and they don't mind. Uh, getting their hands dirty and, and, and getting in there and, and mixing it up a little bit. So it's gonna that that's gonna be the matchup I'm, I'm looking forward to in that game is is who wins that that battle of wills between the Cedar Hill defense and, and the Katie offense. He flipped the script with Cedar Hill's offense, and and they do have the big name in Caden Salter, but but really that's you know a lot of the offense goes through Salter right now, especially because of Cedar Hill's injuries at the running back position. Um, they're real. I think they're down to like their fourth string running back right now. They've had a lot of bad luck with the running back spot. Um, and so I, I expect Cedar Hill to put a lot on Caden Salter's shoulders. Um, I expect to see a lot of empty sets. You know, I think they're going to go five wide a lot of the time and just let Salter try to go back there and make plays, uh, which he can do. But when you get that one-dimensional against Gary Joseph and that Katie defense, that can often, oftentimes spell disaster. Hey, having worked in that district all year, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, DeSoto, you knew, you just knew that one of these teams or maybe a couple of these teams was going to get to to the championship. And you're right, Cedar Hill, across the board, they got great speed. And, and these guys don't mind striking you on the defensive side of the football. No, I, I saw Cedar Hill in the area round of the playoffs against Tyler Legacy. Uh, they shut Legacy out. That's a really good Legacy offense with two Division One running backs, and they completely dominated Legacy. Uh, stem to stern in that game. They're a really good front, especially in the, in the defensive front in the front seven. They they get after it. And like I said, they, they don't have any big names, but I think they've got what they've got are a lot of really good high school football players and a lot of guys who might not play uh, Power Five football at the next level, but they're going to play Division Two FCS football. And when you put those guys in a unit at the high school level, they can do some great things. I think Crosby's been a really nice story this year. And when you look at what they've done in the playoffs, knocking off four top ten teams in a row. It's really impressive, but I kind of feel like they left all their energy out on the field last week in that game with Liberty Hill. I could be wrong on that, but realistically, what must they do in order to beat and upset Alito? The biggest thing I think is is they've got to they've got to get Alito. They got to win first and second down. They got to they got to get Alito in third and long situations. Alito is not a a real dynamic throw it around team this year. Yeah, they have JoJo Earl who signed to Alabama, but. 
well, two things there. He's not 100%. He, he's got a bum ankle. I think that he's been kind of fighting through all during the playoffs. And then their quarterback situation, you know, the, the, their, their starter they were going to have at the beginning of the year um, tore his ACL in the first scrimmage. And then they had two sophomores, and they kind of settled on, on, on one of the other sophomores, the sophomore who didn't start the year. But he's more of a game manager. He's not a guy who they want to get in obvious passing situations and throw the ball down the field on third and eight, third and nine. So I think Crosby's got to win first and second down, try to put Alito in, in obvious passing situations. And I think they have a chance to slow Alito down, but that's been easier said than done because Alito, their offensive line is so good. And DeMarco Roberts, you know, who I thought was more of a cornerback by trade, he was, he's been a starting corner the last two years on their two state title teams, moves over to running back this year. And he's gotten rolling as the year has gone on, as he's kind of got the feel for the position going. And he's been really hard to stop putting up huge numbers behind that big offensive line. So if you, you know, if you let Alito get into third and three, third and four, they're they're going to wear you out. We'll switch gears on you just a second. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this partnership going on between Dave Campbell's and Texas Live? Yeah, so it's it's something that's been in the works for gosh, I think we've been talking about it for about eighteen months now. And, you know, there's, you know, lawyers and paperwork and more lawyers and more paperwork that has to get done and uh, behind the scenes. And, and, and we're super excited that we, that we got it done because we feel like they, uh, Texan Live is the premier um, broadcasting arm across the state of, of high school sports. And, and they don't just do football. They do, um, they do all the sports. They do baseball, basketball. They're down, they're down to swimming, diving championships. Um, they, they do it all. So it's really fun to be partnered with them and kind of merge the, you know, we, we acquired them, but we're trying to merge the resources and make it a win-win for everyone. Obviously next year, um, we'd love to expand it a little bit more. And, you know, cause they've been kind of a, they're Houston based uh, organization. So the majority of the games they've been doing have been in the Houston area. Um, so we're hoping that next year come playoff time for sure um, to be able to expand that and have more games um, done, you know, outside of the Houston area um, across the state and, and then, you know, bring, bring more playoff games to a, uh, to more people. Um, the regular season is going to be a little more of a, of a challenge just because we don't know what's going to happen with the UIL on their Friday night um, broadcast ban. That was a one-year exception uh, this year that, that the schools um, allowed the UIL to make because of, of the situation with the pandemic. Um, obviously, we're all hoping that, that things are we're back to some sense of normalcy uh, come August, September. Um, and if that's the case, I would my guess would be that we'll go back to having the Friday night ban. Um, so, you know, the regular season broadcast will probably be limited to Thursdays and Saturdays, and which, as you guys know, most of the Thursday Saturday games are played in the major major metro areas where stadiums are shared and that kind of thing. But come playoff time, we're really hoping next year to, to roll it out and have a lot of games on there. I, I know I've, you've had the opportunity to go up and watch some games live at, at Globe Life. What is that experience like for people who haven't had the opportunity to go up there and check it out yet? It's a little, it was really weird the first time I walked in there because I'm so used to going in there for Rangers games and, and watching my Orioles disappoint me. Um, but it's, it was weird, but I, I got used to it, and, and I think they, they've done a nice job. You know, really the retrofit was really rushed because, you know, the XFL, the Renegades were, were supposed to be playing there. So they didn't really have time to finish a lot of the football retrofitting going on. Um, so, like, the, the seats on the home side were still angled for baseball. Um, so there, there were some weird angles there, but the visitor sections and the sections in the end zone are really nice. Um, the press box is, is angled more towards baseball. It's a very big and functional press box for the media. Um, so I enjoyed it. I, I, I think it will, um, it will still get used come playoff time at, you know, next year that they, they were, they were really the home of the playoffs this year, but they were mm-hmm. one of the few stadiums that was 
big enough that was opening opening up and letting people play there. But you know, the cool thing next year is we're also in the Metroplex is we're also going to have Globe Life Field, um, the new ballpark, which can be retrofitted for football. And and I anticipate they'll be hosting playoff games as well next year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they how they do a football setup over there at the at that stadium, which will probably be more popular because it's indoors and you can take the elements out of, out of play. And you know, Matt, that would be wild to have Globe Life Field, Globe Life Park, and AT&T all hosting some some high school football playoffs all on the same day, same time. I mean, that would be a wild thing there in Arlington. Yeah, I know during the small school state championships, while the small school games were going on, so you, you'd have, you had um, – uh, who was it, was it was Carthage and um, Gilmer playing, and at the same time there was a game going on. There was a triple header going on over across the street at Globe Life Park. So there were games going on uh, at both those facilities at the same time. It was it was pretty cool to see people walking back and forth, and that, I did it between games. I walked over to Globe the Globe Life uh, Park and watched the Alito and North Forney during the the three hour break we had. So. Uh, it'll be interesting and crazy. Uh, traffic might be an issue getting in there. So if that happens, I recommend getting, getting there early. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Hey, we appreciate the time today. Thanks, fellas. Y'all be good.